Proud of you guys. It's a beautiful, beautiful day, and you're here. Proud of you. Good priorities. Good job. Good job, good job. So uh, let's get into Daniel 10, because um, Daniel 10 is the precursor to Daniel 11. Daniel 11 is another great big vision. Okay, and, and Daniel 10 is an amazing... We're going to get all, believe it or not, ladies, we're going to walk all the way through Daniel 10 today. It's only 20 verses, and because it all goes together. I know we usually get through one or two verses, so, but, but as we, oh, and welcome back. Do you guys know, do you guys go know Kathy? You might not know Kathy. She comes to Monday nights, she goes to Crosspoint, and she has had some um, surgeries. And so, praise God, she's here. I walked in to see her at the hospital, and she was out of sleep. I'm like, and I'm like, don't wake her. She just got asleep. So I went and gave her a gift and left. She's like, what? You didn't wake me up. <laughs> Thank you. So awesome. I'm so thrilled that she's here. So Kathy has gone through um, a lot, a lot, and God is faithful. God is good. God is good. God is absolutely faithful. Do we have anybody else who's here that is new or who I didn't recognize or say hey? Are we good? All right. Excellent. All right. So, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and we... Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hold a minute. Our, my daughter's here. Becca's here. If you guys don't know... Uh, all right, hold a minute. No, she's not new, but Becca's back from Judson University that she's got on her. And uh, she just got done mowing the lawn for us, so she rocked in and came to, came to, came to BSL. Friday when I picked her up, it, there it was, it was pouring rain. She lives on, in a freshman dorm on the third floor, the top floor, no elevator. And we must have walked those steps 15 times, you know, up, down, and, and bringing stuff down. It was a hoot. We packed that CRV to the gills. I mean, thank you, Lord. I've got this spatial mind. I mean, literally, at the end, I'm just pushing blankets in. and <laughs> I mean, you couldn't see it. It was great. Becca's like, woohoo! Made it. So, congratulations, Becca, on your first year done. Nice job. Nice job. Excellent. All right. Now we'll pray. Sorry, Lord. Okay. All right, Lord, we just come to you and we praise you for who you are and what you do and just your blessing upon blessing and that you are worthy to be praised just because you are God. We exalt you. We magnify you. We lift your name on high and we just give you praise. We just give you praise, Lord, uh, because you are worthy to be praised. And so I thank you that we have joined here today. I thank you for these precious women uh, that we can uh, hear your word and be changed and be more like you and less like our putrid selves, Lord. And I just ask for the ones who couldn't be here, and I know many that have not been able, uh, could not come today due to um, like deaths in families and grandmas and, and all different kinds of stuff, Lord Jesus. You are with them, and you, are, you go before them, and that you just uh, hold them in the palm of their hand, and they be able to walk, walk through this knowing that um, everything happens is because it's ordained. Uh, by you or allowed by you, Lord. And so we praise you for that. I thank you for these women. I ask that your Holy Spirit, who lives in us, that we would hear and he would illuminate our minds and that we would hear from you and that we would be changed and we'd walk in the newness of that. Not just um, knowing more about Daniel, which is an incredible man of God. What a hero of the faith, Lord. But we want to be a Daniel. We want to be a Daniel. So change us. Change us today and allow us to walk out of here um, loving you more and being more and more like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. Okay, open up to Daniel 10. Uh, uh, 
We had been in Daniel 9, which uh, is the most prophetic chapter of the Bible. I know that uh, when I went through that, you know, the, the prophetic area, we spent a couple weeks on the prayer of Daniel, and then we went through the prophetic area of that. That is very... Um, you guys held on very well because, you know, we had to realize that it's, you know, 483 years, and then it's seven years, and then it's one year, and the, you know, and the one year, you know, the seven years is to come yet with the tribulation, right, when we look at the Daniel 7 timeline. So uh, I hope and pray that you read that scripture, those scriptures uh, this last week so that you're able to see that more, and then we're going to kick into Daniel 10. Um, so you know, Nicole, uh, who was unable to be here um, because her grandma died, uh, she has Daniel 9 up, I believe now. And so I missed, somehow I missed Daniel 8. It goes from Daniel 7 to Daniel 9. So I told Brian I'm going to have to preach at him. I'm like, hon, you have to sit here and listen. He's like, all right. Uh, so, uh, but Daniel 9, I think it would be great if just go and listen to it again because it will solidify and it will all those 70 weeks and all that kind of stuff will become very easy then. All right. So I would just highly recommend just to go to the website and listen to it under the listen now section. All right. So now we're in Daniel 10 and um, this is this is the preparation of Daniel's going to have another vision. All right. And so this is actually the preparation of him which will give the vision. All right. So let's start with Daniel 10.1. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel who was called Belteshazzar. Isn't that funny? For a long time, he hasn't been Belteshazzar, right? Except Daniel 1. Hi, sweetie. Um, remember, and, and uh, Nebuchadnezzar tried to change his... Well, he did change his name, but he tried to change his faith. He tried to change everything, remember? And, and so, uh, you know, being that Daniel's uh, writing this in the power of the Holy Spirit, I find that really great. And he puts in friends, who was called Belteshazzar. Isn't that great? You know, they called me that. Not me, all right? Um, Its message was true, and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of the finest gold around his waist. His body was like chrysalis, light, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. We're in 10 verse 7. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left, my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you and stand up, for I I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, do not be afraid. Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, that's the archangel, you know, Michael, right? By the way, he's like the protector of Israel, you know, Michael. He's the big shot. 
Right? One of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. While he was saying this to me, I bowed with my face toward the ground and was speechless. Then one who looked like a man touched my lips and I opened my mouth and began to speak. I said to the one standing before me, I am overcome with anguish because of the vision, my Lord, and I am helpless. How can I, your servant, talk with you my lord my strength is gone and I can hardly breathe again the one who looked like a man touched me and gave me strength do not be afraid O man highly esteemed he said peace be strong now be strong when he spoke to me I was strengthened and said speak my lord since you have given me strength so he said do you know why I have come to you soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia and when I go the prince of Greece will come but first I will tell you what is written in the book of truth no one supports me against them except Michael your prince and in the first year of Darius the Mede I took my stand to support and protect him oh I love this book of Daniel oh but you love it okay so here's the scene Okay, you guys, get the scene, right? Here's the scene. Here's Daniel, another vision. Has he had visions before? Yeah. yeah. What has happened in every one of those visions? They've come true. They, absolutely. They're absolutely true, right? They're absolutely true. It's a prophecy, right? And it's as true as what is going to happen from our happy face before the rapture, the next big, big key event that's going to happen in the world. Rapture, we're out of here, and then... From then on, right? It's true as true as it is, and it's come. It's true because God prophesied it, and God is faithful, and that's who He is. Now, when these visions come to Daniel, what happens to him physically? He, he's, he it's like John when he got the revelation, right? Jesus Christ in Revelation, right? When he got the revelation of Jesus Christ, he fell as though he was what? Dead. He fell as though he was he was dead. Okay, because this is a vision. All right, so. Uh, I don't know about you, but there is a lot of interest in the occult and the paranormal these days. Have you noticed that? I mean, it just seems to be rising more and more and more and more, okay? And, and many people have a distorted understanding, a distorted understanding of the satanic realm. Okay, And so some of the biblical data about demons is found in Daniel 10. Okay, which which I just read and which we're going to go through. Okay, it exposes the war that is unseen, that's waged between God's people and demonic forces. Okay, and so Daniel ten makes it clear that we have the power, we have the authority we need to overcome the toothless lion. Okay, toothless lion, aka devil, aka Satan, whatever you want to call. It. All right, now. Um, I, I think I've told you the story before. This guy, William Wilberforce, he's a, he was a great old preacher, right? He woke up one morning, and, and this is the right perspective of Satan. He woke up one morning, and he looked over, and he saw, like, Satan by him. And he goes, oh, it's just you. Isn't that great? Isn't that great? Right? Oh, it's just you. Right? Because we have power, and we have authority. In Jesus' name, right? We have Holy Spirit power and authority, okay? And so we need to walk like that. Oh, it's just you. All right, so Daniel 10 gives us this biblical perspective on the invisible war that's being fought in between heaven and earth. You know that that's what's happening, right? There's an invisible war going on between heaven and earth, okay? The unseen is way busier than the seen. 
Okay, way busier than the seen. All right, that's why we trust in the unseen. All right, right. What's Hebrews eleven one say? It's faith is being what certain of what we hope for, and sure of what we do not see. Certain of what we hope for, sure of what we do not see, the unseen. Okay, and so we're looking at this, um, and he says. In the third year of Cyrus, you remember Cyrus, okay? Um, this is about 335, 334 BC, okay? And Daniel is about 84, 85 years old, all right? And Daniel did not go with the first group of exiles, okay? Or I should say captives. Um, captives. He stayed as a political influence in Babylon, okay? He would be used more as a political influence in Babylon and he let others go before him, okay? And so by this time in 334-335 BC we know from the book of Ezra the prophet Ezra, okay? That the first wave of exiles or the captives, okay? Had returned under the leadership of Ezra. Now remember last week we talked about Ezra when we were talking about all the different timings that it was that you were given. Ezra had written about going back and um, rebuilding Jerusalem, but the temple only. The one who went back to rebuild the temple, the walls, and and the uh, fortresses, and the um, and the streets, right, was Nehemiah. And and then it's dated from Nehemiah when he went to do it, uh, and and that was under. Um, Artaxerxes, Artaxerxes, who had given the decree, okay, and Nehemiah went back to do that, and from the time that that was done until the time of the triumphal entry of Messiah the King was perfectly prophesied. Remember that? Perfectly, down to the day. Down to the day. All right, now, so he's, he's in the third year of Cyrus, all right, and, and the message was true, but the appointed time was long, all right. So now Daniel 10 is setting the stage for this spectacular message, a spectacular prophecy, all right, but um, of Daniel 11, okay, which is going to describe uh, a time of great persecution, a time of, um, you know, a, a great the word is persecution great persecution of the israelites of the israelite of the israel people okay so the period is long the period is strenuous right um involving a great conflict and trouble for the people of god for the jews all right now the morning he said he's been mourning m o u r n i n g mourning for a full 3 weeks it's how many days 21 days, okay? So, you know, why was he mourning? Why was he, you know, praying like that? Okay, why was he doing that? Okay, well, probably because so few um, Jews had returned from, uh, had returned with Ezra uh, during the exile, okay? And, and also, it was written that Ezra had faced such severe opposition once again in rebuilding the temple, just like Nehemiah did. Okay, so he was praying and praying and praying, all right? So um, he knew that the vision is true and the appointed time is long. And so that was a, another reason of him mourning because it would be a very long time of persecution. So he said he didn't eat any pleasant food. He, you know, and no um, pleasant food came into his mouth. Now, 
He, does, he was not fasting. Fasting, biblical fasting at that point, was abstaining from food altogether. Remember when we talked about biblical fasting and that it took so long to make food back then? You had to grow it. You had to beat it. You had to skin it. You had to do something with it, right? I mean, you continually had to do this to make food preparation. And so what to consecrate themselves before the Lord, they would not eat and they would fast. They would take that time to fast, to consecrate themselves before the Lord. This was not a fast, but it was like a self-denial uh, that he was that he was um, involved in, wanting to pray and wanting to pray. Now, on, in verses four through six, we see Daniel, okay, and he sees a glorious man, okay. On the banks of the Tigris River, it says, "Now on the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was by as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and uphold and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold. His body was like beryl. His face was like the appearance of lightning. Guys, get your mind around what this looked like. All right, his face was like lightning. Uh, his eyes like torches of fire. His arms and feet like burnished bronze in color. And the sound of his words like what?" A multitude, like a voice of multitude, okay? All right, so you've got a certain man clothed in linen, all right? Now, as I was studying this, you know, um, it's, it, some commentators are like, oh, that's pre-incarnate Jesus, okay? But as you read the whole scripture of Daniel 10, it cannot be because nobody needs to help Jesus, okay? He's God, all right? So it's an angelic being. All right, it is an angelic being, and this is what he looks like. All right, is an unnamed angel of high rank, and um, there would be no need for an assistance uh, for Jesus uh, to have you know the archangel Michael come and help Jesus. That would not be happening. Okay, and that's of course what we read in Daniel ten verse thirteen because Michael had to come and help this unnamed angel. All right, so. We know also in Ezekiel, when you study Ezekiel um, chapter 9, we know that, that he saw angelic figures quite often, and it always said that they were clothed in linen. Clothed in linen. And so in Daniel 10, the first thing he says is, is that, you know, I see this guy and he is a man clothed in linen. Now, verse 7 goes into um, Daniel's compa- uh, companions are terrified, right? They're terrified, yet they don't see. Yet they're unseen, okay? So he says, I, Daniel, I saw this alone, the vision alone. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, so they fled and hid themselves. All right, now, so Daniel sees this vision uh, alone, and, you know, this shows that there's something supernatural about this vision, doesn't it? Heard? Yes, they could have, but they could have, yes, but they didn't, you know, I mean, because they fled. <laughs> you know, it's like, hello, all right, but there's something supernatural about the vision, all right, and, and Daniel saw, you know, Daniel saw what he saw regarding this glorious man, this angelic figure, okay, but his companions could not see it. It reminds me of Saul on the road to Damascus, doesn't it? Okay, when Saul was walking on the road to Damascus, if you remember, he, his companions couldn't hear, right? Like you were sharing sunshine, right? They it couldn't hear. And, and Saul, 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 why do you persecute me, right? And, you know, Saul drops to the ground, right? And he's blinded, remember? And everybody around him has no idea what's going on. And, of course, we know that later, right, Saul becomes who? 
Paul, and he wrote more than half of the New Testament, right? And before he was killing Christians, and now he's leading everybody in the way, right? Meaning the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning Jesus, okay? So, when I'm reading this, it, it reminds me that we can be... We, we can be close to the presence and the power of God. We can be close to the presence and power of God. Like the guys who were his companions, okay, and the other guys with Saul who were his companions. We can be close to it, okay, but miss the message. Are you getting me? But we can miss the message through our spiritual lack of perception, Okay. In other words, in James, he tells us we draw near to him, he draws near to us, right? It's it's we it's us to be intimate with him. Remember, he can't have favorites. He can't look at Kathy and say, Oh Kathy, you are my favorite. You're, you know what? You're everything I want in this list. He can't say that. Right? But as you draw near to him and he draws near to you, right, you're his intimate. And so you can miss out. You can miss out if you aren't right there. If you aren't right there, okay? So the companions with Daniel, they fled. They fled to hide themselves, uh, to hide themselves, excuse me. And of course, they couldn't see the vision if they were hiding from it, okay? I mean, that just makes no sense, right? So in verse 8 and 9, now Daniel has a reaction to the sight of this man. And he says, Therefore, I was left alone. I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. For my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was in a deep sleep on my face with my face to the ground. So he says, no strength remained in him. You guys, Daniel is one of the most... You know, he's in, the, he's in Daniel, I mean, he's in Hebrews 11, right? The Hall of Faith chapter, okay? He is this amazing man of God, right, that we've seen time and time again from Daniel 1 through Daniel 6, right? His, the whole history of him, how he just stood up, stood up, stood up, and said, you know what? I resolve. Purpose in my heart. All, right? He just absolutely, his faith just grew and grew and grew. And meanwhile, as godly as Daniel was, okay, he was undone undone by the vision of this glorious man. He was absolutely undone, okay? Daniel's experience with this reminds me that that even the holiest of men fall short. We all fall short before God and even God's closest associates like Michael and the glorious angel, okay? We all fall short, right? And so his vigor turn to frailty. All right, so so frailty there, I was looking up the words um, frailty in Hebrew, and it means a death-like paleness. A death-like paleness combined with a grotesque wrenching of facial features. Okay, this isn't just him going, oh, wow. No, no. This is a death-like paleness combined with grotesque wrenching of facial features, okay? This is how this angelic being in the presence, you know, of, of being God's messenger affected him. Affected him, okay? So, he's going to tell the message to Daniel. So in verses 10 and 11, all right, he, the, you know, this certain man, now he introduces himself to Daniel. Remember, until then, Daniel's just like, whoa, right? And, and he loses all of his strength. And he says, suddenly a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man 
O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. All right. What I love about this scripture, do you notice this? A hand touched me. You see how God uses touch? Wasn't that sweet? Here he is, death-like paleness, right? He's 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 you know grossly you know wrenching his face, right? And 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 he reaches out and he touches him, right? He reaches out. Daniel was laid out in his weakness by this experience, but he was strengthened by a touch of a hand. Right? You guys, that's how we can be, right? Just our very presence. Just our very presence, putting our arm around each other, right? Putting our hand, praying with somebody, touching them. The sense of touch. I remember when, um, Marilyn remember this, my sister remember this, when, when Brian was first introduced to our family, because our family is very touchy and, and huggy and all kinds of stuff and rather loud and, you know, and Brian is a, you know, only child and, and, and then his parents came from very, um, farm families that were pretty rigid, you know, um, of eight siblings and nine siblings and you worked on the farm and you did this and then they had Brian, um, in their marriage and, and so he's an only child and so Brian wasn't um, touched a lot. He wasn't loved on a lot. Okay, I mean they loved him dearly, but he wasn't, you know. Um, and so when he met us, it was like, you know, wow. You know, I mean, it was like he, he was really taken back. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he. He, you know, he was at first a little standoffish, but he knew, you know, how I was. And, but, but now he will tell you, you know, 28 years later, okay, that, that it was the best thing ever. Because, you know, you're drawn to that, right? You're drawn to that. You know, you're accepted, you're loved. You're, you know, when you're, when you're touched, it's... Remember when Jesus touched the leper? Remember? I mean, the leper. He touched him. He didn't have to touch him. He could have just healed him like this, right? But he didn't. He touched him. You know, that touch that we come alongside. And I know Brian has said numerous times now, it's like, oh, I, I, you know, I, I would, you know, I'm so thankful that, that that's how it was because you miss out on that, it's, it, on that okay and that it's, you know, it's that, that loving protection kind of thing of being touched, right, by hand. And I love that, that, that God in the angel even had the angel touch him with his hand and, and, and comfort him and comfort him, okay? And he says, as he's touching him, right, he says, Oh, Daniel, man greatly beloved, right? This is the second time, remember? Remember the first time he was told in Daniel 9, 23, how greatly loved he was, right? How In NIV it says esteemed, but how greatly beloved he is of the Lord. And, and each time he's told this, each time he's told this, it's in relation to Daniel being favored with a great and significant revelation of the future. Okay? Each time he's told, he, you're, you're beloved of the Lord, right? That intimacy. Draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, right? He had purposed in his heart, resolved in his heart. That's how we can be, right? And, and, and so, don't you want to be that, right? Where he just goes, oh, man, Pam, my beloved, right? Don't you want that? Right? All it is is drawing near to him, right? Being, being like he is, right? Being conformed to the likeness of his son. Resolving in your heart. And then he trusts you with those treasures, you know, with those incredible treasures that he has. Just like he did John, right? John, my beloved disciple, right? My, the disciple whom Jesus, what? Loved, right? And John, on the Isle of Patmos, wrote what? 
Revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit in him. Right? And so he is he is brought along with that. And so and so my dearly beloved Charles Spurgeon says this about it. It did not do Daniel any harm to know that he was greatly beloved of God, or else he would have received, excuse me, or else he would not have received that information from heaven. Some people are always afraid that if Christian people obtain full assurance and receive a sweet sense of divine love, they will grow proud and be carried away with conceit. Do not you have any such fear for other people, and especially do not be afraid of it for yourselves. I know of no greater blessing that can happen to any man or woman here than to be assured by the Spirit of God that they are greatly beloved of the Lord. Right? That you're greatly loved. That you are greatly loved. And so the angel says to him, stand upright. Remember, he's on the ground, face down. And he says, stand upright. When it was time for Daniel to hear and understand, he needed to stand to attention. Right? He needed to obey. Don't you love that? Daniel just did the next right thing. Next right thing. You know, even in fear, even when you're scared, you know what you do? The next right thing. You do it scared. You do it scared. You keep going. You keep on going. You keep on keeping on, right? Even if, even if you know, you have to remember, he had that death-like pale, right? He had that wrenching going on. He was, you know, he was fearful of what this was. And meanwhile, hand touches him, tells him this and this, dearly beloved, gives him this and tells him to stand up. Now, he could have easily been like, no way. But he didn't. He didn't. He obeyed. He just did the next right thing, even though he didn't feel like it. Do you think he felt like standing up? No, he didn't feel like standing up. Not in the flesh. But in the spirit, you know what he did? He did it scared. You just do the next right thing, right? Even if you're scared. And he stood up. He stood up and he obeyed. And so in verses 12 through 14, the angel explains now his, his coming to Daniel, why he came. Okay, and the opposition that he faced on the way. I love this. I love this. Okay, so the angel's on his way, right? He says, don't fear um, um, Daniel. Remember, do not fear Daniel. Remember, because they all went to angel school. Remember, the first thing they learn is what? Fear not. Fear not. not. Do not fear. Okay, all right. Uh, For from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. Hmm, how long did he pray? Oh, 21 days. Okay, 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Now, he says, from the first day your words have been heard. Did you hear that? From the first day your words have been heard, okay? God responded to Daniel's prayer the very moment he made his request. Did you get that? All right, we are going to go in these scripture, in these verses, we're going to look at five principles of prayer in here as we go through these verses, all right? Then the first principle of prayer is our prayers, believers' prayers are immediately heard by God. Believers' prayers are immediately heard by God. Immediately. When we are praying, when we are, you know, worshiping him, and remember how we learned how Daniel prayed? He, he worshiped, he exalted him, he confessed, he had petitions to him, he had thanksgiving to him, right? Uh, right? Immediately when you pray, God hears. Immediately. Okay? We have immediate access to God through prayer. Immediate access. All right? So Daniel had been in great and serious prayer for three weeks. 
Three weeks. Daniel 10 verse 2 said that, right? Now, the angel says, I have come because of your words. We cannot pass over this lightly, okay? An angel was dispatched because of Daniel's prayer. Did you hear me? An angel was dispatched because of Daniel's prayer. Is that rock or what? Is that just the best? Right? You do know, right? The war that's going on, right? The ba- right? It's been won. You know that. We're just in the waiting room, okay? Right? It's been won. Jesus on the cross did it all. We're just waiting. But angels are dispatched because of your prayer. Right? And here they go. Right? Here's the unseen. The unseen, right? That's why we trust in the unseen, not the seen. So an angel was dispatched because of Daniel's prayer, okay? This is another reminder in the book of Daniel that prayer matters. Prayer is the first thing, the second thing, the third thing, the last thing, right? Prayer is the only thing that reaches heaven before we do, right? Prayer, when we pray, God works. When we work, we work. Prayer is the work. It's prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. If you're not a prayer warrior yet, you know what? Ask him that you become it. Have a desire. Have a desire. And become a prayer warrior. Okay? Because God moves his hands. He moves his hand when we pray. He moves his hand. Okay? You guys, it isn't just a mere therapeutic exercise when we pray. Just to feel good about ourselves or something. or what. It's not therapeutic. Okay? God dispatched an angel the second year dead. Look how much he loves him. Look how much he loves you. Okay, now, it says then, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, small p, small p, small p prince, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, okay? Since this prince is able to oppose the angelic messenger of Daniel, okay, to Daniel, we know this guy is more than a man, right? We know he's not just a man, all right? The prince is some kind of angelic being, and we know he's an evil angelic being because he opposed the word of God coming to Daniel and he stood against the angelic messenger. So we know he is an evil angelic messenger, which are demons. Right now, when Lucifer was kicked out of heaven, right, Lucifer was the most glorious angel in heaven, right, and he wanted to take over God's role. God said, no, 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 that's me. Uh, No pride, no this, no that. And he kicked him to where? Earth. He kicked him to earth. And along with a third of the angels went with him. We don't know how many that is, but a third of the angels at the time went with him. Those angels are the evil angelic beings, demons, who are, you know, on earth trying to bug you. Remember, First John 4, 4, he that's in me, greater than he that's in the world. Okay? So, so here they are, okay? And so here it is, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. Now, here's the second principle of prayer. The first one is believers' prayers, right, are immediately heard by God. Secondly, demonic forces can delay answers to prayer. Demonic forces can delay answers to prayer. Okay. They can delay. Okay, now listen. The prince of the kingdom of Persia is not a human ruler, but a fallen angel who had been given authority by Satan to watch over the affairs related to the Medo-Persian Empire. Okay? Now, I want you to write down the, the scripture and look this up this week as you're studying this, all right? 1 John 5, 1 John 5, 19, and then the regular book of John, John 12, 
31. Remember, read 20 before and 20 after. Okay. It says this, in essence, the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Now, who gives the evil one that authority? God. God. God's in control of everything. However, we're in the in-between stage right now. That's why there's good and bad going on. Right? However, God has allowed that. Okay? Satan seeks to acquire dominance by assigning demonic agents to various parts of the globe to attempt to thwart God's activity. It's organized. It's organized. Okay? Satan, okay, who's the big shot, he thinks, seeks to acquire dominance by assigning demonic agents to various parts of the globe to attempt to thwart to attempt to attempt to thwart God's activity. Okay, now the attempt is the key word there. <clears throat> God's activity because while God of course can override, can he override all this? Yeah. Absolutely. He can override can, he, uh, he could override the united resistance of all the forces of hell if he chose to do so, right? Absolutely, if he chose to do so, okay? He accords demons certain limited powers of obstruction and rebellion, somewhat like he allows us. Are you following me? He is allowing X amount of power um, like a will, like a, the permissive will that we have. If I had told my husband when we first got married that every Friday at 7 o'clock I want him to ring the doorbell and be there with 12 Bird of Paradise, which is my favorite flower in the world, every Friday at 7 o'clock, and he did that, would I know that he loves me? No. No, that was a mandate, okay? It was a mandate. I'd have beautiful flowers, but I'd have no idea, right? But when Brian wants to, you know, show me how much he loves me, you know, he'll go out and get a flower. He'll go out and get this, because it's just one of my love language, and he'll share that, right? And he does it on his own. Nobody makes him do that, right? And he does that on his own, right? It's the same thing. It's, it's we've been given a permissive will. Okay, what we do with that you know, is up to us, okay? And, and so what happens is, is with the demons as well as, as with us, the demons to Satan, okay, and, and with us, in both cases, the exercise of free will is in opposition to God, okay, and it's permitted by God as he sees fit. Okay, you have to remember, God sees the end from the beginning, you have to remember, he doesn't have a finite mind. He has the infinite mind. He sees the end from the beginning. Remember, he sees the whole parade of life. He, I mean, we have that Daniel 7 timeline. That's nothing to him. We're like, wow, look at that since 580, you know, 597. Whoa, and now here, wow, everything. No, he sees everything. He sees it as already done in the heavenlies. Right? We see the parade, right? Six horse hitch. Oh, I like that. Then come the clowns. Oh, yeah. Okay, then come, right? We see it as it goes by. He sees it all done. And so he sees as necessary what he's going to allow. What he's going to allow. For our good and for his glory. Always. 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 And so, if you read Job 1, 
Job 1, you know what happened to Job, right? Job 1, verse 12, and Job 2, verse 6. You know, it, it indicates that the maligning of Satan is never allowed to go beyond a due set limit by God. He already has a preset limit that he will allow. Okay? And in 1 Corinthians 10.13, we know that, that God will not allow us to be tested beyond what? Beyond our limit, beyond what we can handle. Okay? So, as much as prayer matters then, and God has a set limit, we can pray that limit down. Yes. So, yes. it doesn't have to, like, if, like if it's supposed to be 10 years, something's supposed yes. to be Yes. Yes. We can actually pray ourselves and get tons, hundreds of people to pray with us and... and Beg God at his throne to stop it now or sooner. Don't delay God. Remember in Daniel 9? Remember Daniel? Don't delay God. Forgive now. Do this. Don't delay God. Remember when Daniel found, as he was reading Jeremiah 25, right? And he was reading that there are three years left for captivity because it's 70 years. You have to remember that he asked God to take the date of, you know, the, the shortest date. So there was an 18-year span there, and God did. God did. Because there were three different times that, it, that Jerusalem was besieged. Jerusalem was besieged. Jerusalem besieged, okay? And God took the 603 AD one, so it was 18 years, and so he did it quicker. So as Daniel was praying, he was doing it quickly. Are you following me? You can have God move his hand. You can. So even if we're praying for, um, like... Over my lifetime, I know a lot of people have prayed for the salvation of their spouse. And if there's a lot of people praying for that, even though the spouse isn't involved in wanting it, you can still move up the timeline and all of a sudden, I mean, like, yes. it seems like the person that you're praying for may not be as interested in praying themselves, but yet... Look at me. You guys are praying for me forever and ever and ever. I I wasn't. I was I was what? Interceding. You were interceding. I was yes. I was thinking, hey, I'm great. And then, you know, through revelation on a swing set, I came to know Jesus Christ. I mean it was you know So then God does the miracle in the person that we're praying for when they're not even involved. That's right. That's right. Just like Cyrus, we're learning about Cyrus, right? Cyrus, I'm gonna use you, Cyrus, even though you don't what? Acknowledge me, right? Because God will do what he will, how he will, right? But he wants us to be the human agent. He wants us to participate in his grand plan. Because what happens is, is it not only, it changes us. You have to realize, as, as my mom, Marilyn, my sister, this, were praying for me, it wasn't just for me. It changed them. It changed the world around them. It changed the sphere of influence. In other words, it changed all the people that God, Lord willing, will touch through me. Are you finding? Are you understanding? It's not just for that person to, you know, go to heaven. It, he he has a grander plan for his glory to be seen. So he allows things that 
I have to explain it again this way. He holds us in the palm of his hand, right? And here's Michelle in the palm of his hand. And he says, Michelle, I'm going to allow this in your life because this is going to bring you close to me and it's a blessing. Oh, but not too much of a blessing because then you won't know it's from me. You'll think it's me. But I'm going to allow this hardship, this trial, because you're going to be drawn to me, but not too much because then you're going to go the other... Are you following me? This is how he works. And we can cause, we can join with him. Jeremiah prophesied, Daniel prayed, Cyrus made the decree, all these human agents, right, along with God's grand plan that won't be thwarted. But see, his grand plan has all these, for lack of a better word, variables in it. Okay, if Esther wouldn't have been, remember Esther, and wouldn't have listened to Mordecai, and wouldn't have continued on, right, and and said, oh, but for such a time as this, and prayed and fasted, and stood and, and, and said, boy, if I die, I die in this, guess what? God's people still would have lived on. He would have found somebody else, okay? It's, it's we join in. We're being changed. People around us are being changed, right? And that's what happens because he sees the grand plan. He sees the end from the beginning. We get to join in in his plan, and, and, and he moves. Look, look how, look how he, um, Abraham reasoned with God. Look at him, right? Lot, Lot, you know, was Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham's like, look, you know, 40 people, 30, 25, 20. Okay, how about this, right? Right, okay, okay. And God kept saying what? Okay, all right, okay. He allows a lot of stuff so that he can grow us up in our faith, too. He allows it so that we mature, we turn to him faster than we did. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so when, so when, um, so, so when, like in, in Job, okay, so when we realize that um, God will never allow Satan to go beyond his due limit that's set, okay, all right, and he will not allow us to be tested beyond our limit, okay, that is an eye-opening look, an eye-opening look into the invisible war around us. Are you following me? Open your eyes. That's an eye-opening look into the invisible war around us. Okay, and that's why we need to be in the Word, right? Non-negotiable time, especially Ephesians six. Look up Ephesians six, eleven, and twelve. Right? You put on the full armor of God so you can withstand the wiles of the devil. Right? You put on the full armor of God. Okay, so you can withstand the, the wiles of the devil. So, so we have we have Daniel, who the the angel is saying, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, okay? And so here's, here's this angelic evil being withstanding him. The prince, you know, uh, is a ruler type authority, okay? And it fits in with the New Testament angelic ranks as well, including demonic forces, because they're organized and they have a high hierarchy. If you want to read about that, it's in Ephesians 1.12. I'm sorry, Ephesians 1.21. 6 verse 12 and then Colossians 1 16 and 2 verse 15 because they have a hierarchy all right and so apparently this was a demon of high rank that opposed the answer to prayer right okay that opposed the answer to prayer on three occasions Jesus referred to Satan as the prince of what this world as the prince of this world. That's in John 12 and John 14. All right. So he says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, okay, withstood me 21 days. Since the angel was dispatched, right, from God immediately, 
And Daniel's period of prayer and self-denial was 21 days. That's the full three weeks in Daniel 10 verse 2, okay? We see that the answer to prayer was delayed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. Okay? It was delayed. But you have to remember, who in his sovereignty allowed it to be delayed? God. Okay, God. Remember, he's all authority. He can depose kings, set up kings. Remember Daniel 2, okay? He is the one. Remember, all of the theme of Daniel is, I'm the big kahuna. I can do what I want, when I want, with who I want. Sovereignty. I can depose kings. I'll use kings. Right? Because I'm in charge. I am sovereign. I'm ruler over all. Okay, so the, the prayer was delayed. Um, the answer to prayer was delayed by the prince of the kingdom of Persia. All right, now. Um, now, the correlation between Daniel praying for those 21 days, okay, and the duration of the battle that was going on between the angels that are good and the prince of the kingdom of, P- of Persia establishes a link to Daniel's prayer and the angelic victory. Are you following me? Okay? Between Daniel's prayer and the angelic victory, okay? Now, since the angelic victory came 21 days to the day, and that was the whole time Daniel was praying, we can surmise that if Daniel would have stopped praying on the 20th day, the answer might not have come. That's why you tarry just a little longer. Right? You tarry a little longer. You just keep praying. You just keep praying. You just keep on. You just keep on. You keep on. Because the answer is right around the corner. You just tarry a little longer. You tarry a little longer. You keep on keeping on and tarry a little longer, okay? And so, um, and so there may be hindering factors, okay, of which when we're praying as, as believers, as Christians, as praying, that we know nothing, um, because we're wondering why our delay, why, why our prayer is delayed, okay? And there may be hindering factors that we don't know about that, okay? Nevertheless, Daniel kept praying. Daniel kept praying. It didn't matter. He knew God, right? He resolved in his heart. He purposed in his heart. He knew God. He knew faithful God, and he would continue on, okay? And it may be that he will not receive an answer because he has given up on the 20th day when he should have persisted to the 21st day. Okay, because you need to see your answer. Trust me, Daniel would still be praying right now if he hadn't seen his answer. Are you following me? He would continue to pray until the answer. The answer obviously came through this angelic being. Correct? Okay, that's on the twenty-first day. Okay, it's on the very day that he showed up. Okay, if he didn't show up to the you know fortieth day, it would have been the fortieth day. If he didn't show up to the 50th, Daniel, in other words, the theme is don't stop praying. Continue until you have an answer. Right? He may delay on something. He may this. He may be going this way, whatever. But you will have an answer. And it will always be his best. Always be his best. Right? You continue to pray. And so Daniel had been unaware of the spiritual conflict that had been taking place in between heaven and earth in response to his prayer. Right? He had been unaware of this until this angelic being is sharing this with him. Okay? But he so he just kept praying. 
He kept praying. And that's what we're to do. And so then Michael, the big archangel Michael, one of the princes, came to help me. This is what the angelic being is saying. Okay, then Michael, the big kahuna dude, I mean, like, whoa. Okay, God dispatched him to help me. All right? And so um, in other passages when I was reading about Michael, okay, he's associated with the battle between good angels and evil angels all the time. Revelation 12 tells you about that and Jude 9. He's always, you know, the big... The big uh, one going against all this. And and he's basically the protector of Israel. And so this guy, the angelic being, says, okay, he came to help me, all right? And so when, when you think, you know, that's why we obviously know that that angelic being was not pre-incarnate Jesus because Jesus doesn't need anybody to help him, okay? Um, and so he says, now I have come. He came to help me, and now I have come. All right, so... Why did God allow such a conflict, right? He, he certainly could have blasted away in a moment any demonic opposition, right? Anytime, okay? So, you know, a lot of times, just like Kathy was just saying, God's plan probably was to use that time of delay to develop Daniel as, of a, man, as a man of persistent prayer. And maybe that's what he wants to do with me. Maybe that's what he wants to do with you. To become a woman of persistent prayer. To continue to keep on keeping on because persistence in prayer is, is, it changes us. It changes us and then he changes the world. In other words, we're joining in God's causes. Right? Not our causes. His cause. What he's doing. It's not our causes, okay? Uh, and, and quite frankly, it's necessary to train us up. It's necessary to train us up. I want to tell you, um, you know, ever since, uh, you know, with our daughter Tori, um, I'm telling you, in the last year and a half, my prayer life has exploded. Exploded. He's trained me up. He's trained me up. I mean, I could, I, you know, I would always pray before, but not like now. Pleading the promises, knowing that's who he is. Knowing that I can trust him. Knowing that he's sending an angel. Knowing that he does this. That's who he is. And I will stand in that gap until I see an answer. I will stand there. I will be persistent and he can continue to train me because I'm able to stand there in that gap for my daughter. It's necessary to train us up. You guys, prayer doesn't just come easily. The second you start praying, and because God's going to move his hand, guess what happens to all what's going around you? The unseen. They hate it. They hate it. Because prayer is power. Prayer is authority. You're praying in the name of Jesus. That's authority. All power has been given, right? We're already looked at it, seated in the heavenlies with him already, right? He's the head, we're the body. We have all power and authority to push down principalities and powers. We have that. Oh, they hate that. Nana, nana, boo, boo. That's who we are. That's who we are, okay? And Daniel's success makes us reflect on our failures, doesn't it? Daniel's success makes us reflect on our failures. How much angelic assistance or insight has never been realized or greatly delayed because of a lack of persistence in prayer? This is the Word of God. Everything is true. 
Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Just as the Old Testament and New Testament. Same thing. Same thing. And the same power is going on. So he says... Now I have come. What will happen to your people in the latter days? So the vision of Daniel 11 and 12 that he's going to tell him focuses on the latter days. Though it also has something to do, we'll learn about Antiochus. Remember Antiochus Epiphanes? Yeah. Okay, it also has something to do with him, but then also the Antichrist. Okay, in 11 and 12. Now, in verses 15 and 19, Daniel is strengthened, okay, in his weakness. Okay? Don't you love this? All right? So, so here comes, you know... Another principle of prayer, right? He says, When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. And suddenly, one having the likeness of the sons of men touched my lips, and I opened my mouth and spoke, saying to him who stood before me, My Lord, because of the vision, my sorrows have overwhelmed me, and I have retained no strength. For how can this servant of my Lord talk with you, my Lord? As for me, no strength remains in me now, nor is any breath left in me. Then again the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said let my Lord speak for you have strengthened me. Okay, here's the third principle of prayer that God just laid on my heart. Wrestling in prayer is exhausting work. Huh? You ever wrestled in prayer? Ever been up all night in prayer? Wrestling in prayer? Oh, yeah. God ever wake you up? You just keep praying, praying, praying? Wrestling in prayer is exhausting work. The effects of Daniel's anticipation of the revelation of Israel's future and the weakened state that he was in due to the three weeks in prayer, right? He was in a weakened state. Plus, he was thinking about his people and what was going to come. Okay? Daniel had engaged in spiritual warfare on what? On his knees. On his knees. James in the New Testament was called camel knees. You know that, right? Camel knees. Because he was on his knees so much, they were disfigured. Did you know that? He was on his knees so much, they were disfigured. Okay? He engaged in spiritual warfare on his knees, and he advanced God's cause on this earth. Woo! How cool is that? Not your cause. You're advancing God's cause. You're joining him in what he wants to, right? You're advancing his cause, okay? And fatigue is a very small price to pay for curbing evil and furthering good. Fatigue is a very small price to pay. As Joe Briscoe would say, it's better to be sleep-deprived than God-deprived. Right? Right? Fatigue is a very small price to pay as you are as you are joining in what God's doing, right? Like Blackaby and experiencing God, joining in what he's doing, right? And you're praying God's cause to be done. And so and so Daniel says, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. Okay? If you notice Daniel started on the ground, right, in verse nine. He started he stood to attention with the angel, and now what? He's back on his face again. He's back on his face again. Okay? And he says, because the vision my sorrows have overwhelmed me. That Hebrew word sorrows means writhing in pain as in labor. As in labor, okay? Labor pains in childbirth, okay? He's so severely affected by this vision, okay, that he can barely breathe, much less deal with the prophetic complexities that are to come. Okay? So... One having the likeness of a man, once again this angel touched me, touched me, and strengthened me, okay? Now this was not God, but this was an angel sent by God, okay? So God touched Daniel through an intermediary, 
right? That's how we touch each other. Through an intermediary, right? I mean, the very touch of God can come right through us. He does that through an intermediary. It's the touch of God that brings strength. Not the touch of me to you. It's the touch of God through me to you that brings strength. Right? That brings strength. Daniel was touched by God and he received strength. Okay? Here's the next principle of prayer, number four. Following wearisome times of prayer, strength returns in extra measures. Following wearisome times in prayer, strength returns in extra measures. Now you remember, it was the same angel who helped Daniel speak, also gave him the strength to see the vision to be revealed. Okay, because remember, he's going to be revealing it in the next chapter. right? And so, if you read in Hebrews 1, 2, and 9, okay, just read through Hebrews 1, 2, and 9, you will see that angels are ministering spirits sent by God to render service for the sake of those who will inherit salvation. That's us. That's us. That's believers, okay? Jesus was encouraged by angels. Remember Matthew 4? Remember after 40 days fasting, praying, going to go into his teaching ministry? Satan tempted him, right? He used the word of God to rebuke Satan, right? And then it says, and then the angels encouraged him. Yes! Is that great? I'm like, Lord, anytime you want to send angels to encourage me, you go right ahead. I'm right here. Right? And you know what? You may, you, remember, you may entertain angels unaware. Right? You don't even know. You don't even know. Now, remember, we don't worship angels. Remember, you don't worship them. They're just they're messengers sent by God. You know, you're, you're thankful as, as the messenger, but we don't worship, only worship the one true God. Right? Okay, so, so now the angel introduces himself, all right, with his message to Daniel in the, in the end here in, in 10, um, 20 through 11, 1. And he says, um, he says, do you know why I've come to you? Imagine now, you guys, Daniel, like, where he's been on his face, then he stood up, he's on his face, he's trembling, right? He's, he's writhing in, you know, like a, in pain, in this list. And, 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 and the angel just looks and, you know, puts his hand in a couple times. And, Do you know why I've come to you? And Daniel's like, get it out, right? And, right? All right, and now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Also in the first year, Darius the Mede, I, even I, stood up to confirm and strengthen him. Now, so, the angel says this to Daniel, okay? And, and he says, I must return to fight the prince of Persia. Now, Daniel was about to receive his answer to prayer, right? He was just about to receive his answer to prayer because it's going to be laid out, Okay? But the battle wasn't over for the heavenly messenger. That's what he constantly does to this day. The battle's not over for the heavenly messenger. They're always battling (coughs) good and evil. Always. Always, always, always. Okay? And so, first, he had to go back with the prince of Persia, and then the prince of Greece. Okay? And then the prince of Greece. Okay? So God is watching out for Israel, working behind the scenes in the spiritual realm. We certainly know that. We certainly know that. Little tiny, teeny Israel and all the stuff that goes on, I mean, even to this day, we certainly know that, don't we? You can bet there are tens of thousands of angels watching over that Israel. You can bet there are. Oh, you you know that you know, right? And so, you know, um, he says... 
No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. Michael, as the angelic guardian of, of Israel, is battling against the demonic representative of Persia or any other who oppose God's people. Okay? So he's a busy boy. He's a very busy boy. On earth, Israel seems very lowly, very weak, but in heaven, but in heaven, Israel has the mightiest representative of all. God. God, right? So the last principle of prayer I want you to put down number five is overcoming demonic forces is not a once and for all matter. Overcoming demonic forces is not a once and for all matter, okay? He had to go and return to fight another battle. The angel had to go and fight another battle. The conflict between God and Satan is still being fought today. Now we know that Jesus' death on the cross has ensured us Satan's defeat, right? We know that we know, right? It's ensured Satan's defeat but has not yet ended the war. We're still in the middle of it. Okay? He's ensured. Jesus' death on the cross, right? We know the defeat of Satan. It's already done. But, the war has not yet ended. However, the ultimate victory over satanic powers is ours. 1 John 4, 4 says, He that is in me, which is the Holy Spirit, is greater than he that's in the world, than it's in the earth, right? Demonic, overcoming demonic forces. Once and for all. It's not a once and for all matter. All right, now, before um, we close, I want you to open up to 2 Kings 6. And I want to read to you 2 Kings 6 because I want you to understand... Um, the takeaway uh, today, and it's based on Second Kings six, uh, eight through seventeen. Second Kings six, eight through seventeen. Okay, and this is about Elisha the prophet. Second Kings six, eight through seventeen. Now the king of Aram was at war with Israel. What's new? They're always at war. You know that, right? After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. The man of God sent word to the king of Israel, Beware of passing that place because the Arameans are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. This enraged the king of Aram. He summoned his officers and demanded of them, Will you not tell me which of us is on the side of the king of Israel? None of us, my lord, the king, said one of his officers. But Elisha, the prophet who is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the very words you speak in your bedroom. Go find out where he is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. The report came back. He is in Dothan. Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh, my Lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Listen carefully. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. 
That's First John 4, 4 in the New Testament, right? Right? Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes so he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. The unseen. The unseen. Oh Lord, open our eyes. Eyes of our hearts so that we can see. Right? here, And I love, he says, don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. When he said that, the people are like, right, right. Right, have you seen us? And then have you seen them? I just went to look. Are you kidding me? Right? And, and the prophet, right, is in tune with who? God. Right? He's in totally in tune with God. Right? He tells him, don't be afraid. Just like Moses was like, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Right? Because he knew who God is. You guys, the more that you know who God is, the more that you know him, the more that you know his word, the more that you know his names, the more that you know him. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. So to somehow attain to the resurrection, the more you know him, you will be less and less afraid because you know that he's already on the scene before you even showed up. He's there. He's there. He's already preparing hearts. He's already doing what he has to do, what he needs to do for your good, for his glory, and for others' gladness. That's what he does. Okay? And so he, Elisha steps in to the place with God. It's just Elisha and God. Just takes one. Just takes one. Just Moses and God. Just Daniel and God. Just Chris and God. Right? Don't you want that to be you? That's all it takes. I'm not going to fear. Those who are around us are way more than those who are out there. We are already there. He already has us in the palm of his hand. That's how we are. And then he says, oh Lord, open their eyes so that they can see. So they can see. Right? And so the Lord, what does he do? No, sorry, I'm not going to grow up their faith. He says, no. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw the hills of horses, full of horses, and chariots of fire around Elisha. The heavenly host protection all around you. Right? That's who he is. That's what Daniel 10 is all about. Right? There are two takeaways that I want you to take away today. If we could see the invisible, we would be amazed at the presence of good and evil forces around us. If we could see the invisible, we would be amazed, amazed at the forces of good and evil around us. Amazed at how God's pushing back. You guys, you know when people go, oh, you know, and this person was healed, and this was, and praise you, Lord. He intervenes and they heal him either through medicine or drugs or uh, just... An intervention, just, you know, they, they were had cancer, didn't have cancer because of the Lord. But I want to tell you something that's even more miraculous. The fact that you're living, breathing, and walking right now, you're being healed. Second by second by second by second by second. By you know who? The one who keeps your heart beating. The one who keeps your lungs breathing. Right? We are always being healed. Always. We live in a fallen world. We are always being healed. Always being healed. He is always healing us. It's only when we see the miraculous, quote-unquote, right? 
that we're like, whoa, look at that. But we are always walking in his healing power. Always. The fact that we're living shows that. Shows that. Okay, and the second takeaway is this. Even if we're not enabled to see the invisible, we should be encouraged by the invincible, mighty God within us. Even if you can't, you know, aren't enabled to see the invisible, I want to encourage you, right? Or we should be encouraged, I should say. We should be encouraged by the invincible might of God within us. Because 1 John 4, 4, we stand on, right? He that's in us is greater than he that's in the world. Oh yeah, Satan's got power, but he doesn't have authority. He has no authority. Who has authority over him? We do. We do. Because he does. Because he does. And so you walk in the good of that. You walk in the good of that. Right? You walk in the good of that. Okay, I'm going to end with a story that happened at Fort Wilderness. Um, It's truer than true, and I don't think I've ever shared this publicly before. Um, But the Lord's pushing me to share it. About three or four years ago, at at our retreat... Retreat's only 154 days away, so you know, all right? At our retreat, um, there was huge spiritual warfare going on. People that were there wouldn't have recognized it. Um, many of the shepherds with me did recognize it. And, um, and, and there was a huge amount of prayer, praying going on, huge amount of praying going on for it. And... Um, And there was a, a lady who uh, didn't know Jesus yet. And she came come to know Jesus at the retreat. But prior to that, she was out to get me. She um, was um, summoning everybody she possibly could as far as, you know, all kinds of spiritual warfare and demons, all kinds of different stuff. And I could feel the oppression. And I... Um, and, and the, the ladies and David Kopp and everybody, they just came around. We just prayed and prayed and prayed, and God just worked and worked and worked. And so, of, of course, you just step over the line, and the Holy Spirit just speaks, and he continues to walk. And, and, uh, and so that was Friday night, Saturday morning. Then Saturday night, and Saturday night usually we do a very large, you know, um, coming together and asking people to lay down their lives or come to Jesus for the first time or, you know, or just, you know, be praying. We've got prayer stuff going on all over. And so this specific retreat, I had asked them um, something, and I asked them to then come to the altar and then just and just pray. And... Um, and they and they went all over, and they were just and the women were just wonderfully praying and praying. And David was playing, and um, and I was up um, on the platform, and I was turned around, and I was just had my head down. I was just praying and praying and praying and praying, and I was just thanking God for how He had how how the Holy Spirit had just broke through and and the power and 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 how you know He dispelled all the oppression. How He's working. who you are and I can see you in this this and I suddenly felt um, a hand on my shoulder and I thought somebody was coming up for prayer and I turned around and it was an angel and I looked 
over the whole area of the gathering place. And I saw angels ministering to all these women just hovering over and, and protecting. And next to them, it was just filled with light and white, and, and you could see forms. And this, it was absolutely beyond belief. And immediately the Lord said, Marco, just like I encouraged Jesus with the angels when he was receiving so much oppression, I'm letting you in just a little bit to encourage you. He didn't have to do that. Because I believe. But he did. I will never forget that. The unseen is way more true than the seen. I know that I know. That's who he is. That's how he runs for you. That's what he does for you. Look for him. Look for him in everything. Just keep on keeping on. Even when there's oppression, even when you're scared, you stand up, you go, you do, just do the next right thing. And he loves to encourage you in ways, exceedingly abundantly in ways that you can't ask or think. That's nothing that I ever thought would ever happen to me. And if you're doubting that that happened, I hope your faith grows up. Because it's truer than true. That's who he is. That's what he does. And he does it for his reasons and for his cause. And for his cause alone. And that's what we've learned in Daniel 10. That's who he is. So, you know, this week, ask the Lord, you know what? I want to go deeper with you. I want to go deeper with you. I want to be your intimate. You know, I want to I want to join you in what you're doing. I don't want you to go, hey, bless my day today, God. Right? Just bless my day today. No, I want to do what you bless today. Right? I want to do what you bless. I want to be in your cause. Just like Daniel was. Even if you're afraid, even if you even if you do it scared, guess what? He already has it. And then he reveals to you his promises, which are way more than you can ask think or imagine that's who he is that's what he does this week I want you to read um, the scriptures that I gave you and then I want you to kick into Daniel 11 because Daniel 11 is but we only have Daniel 11 and 12 left and um, we go to the first week of June I believe it is the first full week of June so uh, Lord willing we will we will be through Daniel, you know, and um, uh, unless he has us go off somewhere, and I'll just follow the Holy Spirit at that point. But, but, um, and so read that. In fact, in fact, read eleven and twelve. Do do both of them. They they sort of tie in together. Read eleven and twelve, and uh, and if you and if you want to go back and understand a little bit more, Daniel nine that is up on the website, and I would uh, suggest that you do it. I mean, everything Daniel one through nine is up there except eight. <laughs> so. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
Yeah, and eight was tremendous. It's like, okay, Lord, you know what? I don't know where it is, but you know. We'll he wants. He wants your husband to listen to you about that. Maybe. There you go. Right? There you go. Exactly. Exactly. All right, let's close in prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you. We just love you so much. And we praise you and we thank you for who you are. And uh, how that you have made us in your image. How you have given us a measure of faith. And that we can grow it up with you. How you... um, how you have given us life and breath and everything we need uh, for godliness, Lord, this side of heaven. Uh, How you have such an incredible plan for us, Uh, not just here, but, you know, after and the continual and the millennial kingdom and everything that you have, you know, already shared with us and and a new heaven and a new earth and forever and ever with you, Lord. Oh, may that sober us so much, Jesus, to be so about you and not about us. God, just change our hearts. Just uh, may we mourn and pray and wrestle with you like Daniel. May we understand and see that there is that unseen, the good and evil going on. But we, we, because of you, can can be about your cause and to further your cause and and what you're doing in and through us and the sphere of influence and our families and the earth and Lord, you. Um, You are just everything to us. And so we want to fall down before you and praise your name. I thank you that uh, you have asked us to join in with you, that you want relationship with us. You don't want us to be afar. So Lord, I ask if there's any unconfessed sin or people are walking in a way that's not pleasing to you, Lord, that they would repent and they'd turn and they'd run back to you. Because you're just waiting for him, and it's like, hey, what took you so long? I've been waiting here for you. You always bring us back in loving kindness. And so I praise you for that. I thank you for the gift of just the, the prophetic, even that's in the future of us, Lord. I thank you for that and for the hope that that gives us. And hope does not disappoint. And so, Jesus, I ask that these precious ladies would hear from you this week, that they would um, want to do the next right thing, even if it's scary. And that you're the one who lifts their head, you're the one who puts hand on their shoulder, and uh, you're the one who uh, leads them on. And so, Lord, we, we praise you and we give you all glory. And we're excited about the week that you're going to give us because it is from your hand, and we trust you. So we ask this all in your precious name. Amen. Amen? Amen, amen. Yes. Well, and then we'll have, we have um, two a month. And we have two in July and then two in August. And then we'll have one more in June. But it's, you know, it's, it's not every week. It's like, it's, sometimes it's every other. It, it's coming out next week. The email will be out um, when it will be. But it'll be the Wednesdays at noon. It's, um... I'm not, it's just dependent on summer schedule. So, but it's two in June, two in July, and two in August. Then we kick off again in September um, every week. So after Labor Day. And Labor Day is early, I think, this year. Your birthday's on it. Time going to change to 1230? No, it's at 12. Yeah, according to Bruce so far. So.